My friend Matt Maytone at Maytone Counseling, who is a personal friend, sent me a text this week and said that he listened to my interview with my therapist, uh, Tammy Bell, who just recently retired, and said he really enjoyed it. Called it Good Pod. So, Matt, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being a supporter, and I appreciate everyone who um, gives us good reviews, whether it's in a text or telling a friend or whatever, because that's how we keep on keeping on. I really appreciate you. So thank you for supporting Man Listening. I've caused them to learn a lot about themselves and other things that maybe they wouldn't have. What is the sound of one man listening? This is Man Listening, a fresh podcast featuring the stories of strong women who bounce back. Man Listening, because every woman deserves to be heard. Hi there, I'm Stuart Watson, and welcome to Man Listening. This week, I want to be able to talk to women, females, girls of all ages uh, to be able to listen to them. I've had three daughters. They've been through their teenage years. I've talked to an 8-year-old and a 100-year-old on this podcast and everything in between. And so we tend to skew a little bit older, but this week I wanted to talk to B the Intern. B the Intern is 17 years old. And she works at the Queen City Podcast Network and is a fascinating person. And you will quickly see that she and I have something in common. We do everything from discuss Jesus to masculinity to all kinds of things to adoption. I hope you enjoy. Here's B. Where were you born? So I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Hospital or home? Um, I was born in a hospital. For your mother, your number what of how many? So I'm actually adopted. So I was her first child. She had me very young. So I was her first. Uh, but now she has three three kids with her husband. So you know your birth mother? I do. I know both my birth mother and my birth father and their families. Were you, was it an open adoption? Yes, it is. Very strange. You know I'm adopted. Really? Yeah. And it was very much not open. Right. Um, so what year was that? Um, I was born in 2005. Mm-hmm. So. And so how is it? This is so weird. I've talked to so many adoptees. I've never had this. How is it that your adopting parents are so confident that they don't mind that you know who they are? Or you could like... Oh my God! Is B gonna run away? Blah blah blah. You know how how are they that together that they that they were not threatened at all by that relationship? Right. Um, I'm not actually sure. I think that that's definitely like a question that comes up a lot, especially among like older older people. Um, just because it's like so far. Like me. No, like no, not near, like you. Like very near death. Those, <laughs> no, those like, people. Like, like people are like a billion years old. Right. Like Stone Age type person. <laughs> exactly. no. um, I don't know. but So I have a younger brother too, and he's also adopted from a different um, birth mother and birth father. And I think it was just they were confident in the people um, who are actually now are my god godparents and my brother's godparents. Um, they were the ones that introduced us or them, I guess, introduced them to 
who our birth parents are and their families and they knew them and understood the situations. Um, and I also just think that they were so grateful that, I mean, it all worked out the way that it did. I mean, as far as I know, they've never really been like threatened by it at all. Um, my birth mother and my birth father are both like in their really early 30s. Um, so they were really, really young when I was born, obviously. Um, and so I guess like it just never really was an issue because they were young and going to like start their lives or start over somewhere. So how often do you see them? What kind of relationship, particularly with your birth mother, what mm -hmm. kind of relationship do you have? So I see my birth mother more often than my birth father. Um, but I have a really good relationship with my birth mother and her family. Um, I mean, I love like all of them dearly. My birth mother is very, she's like so incredible. She's like, um, she's a ambassador for Lululemon. Like she's a huge yoga, um, instructor in Memphis. Um, and she, has a, a like a plant and flower business with her mom um and they have this like truck that they go around and like sell plants and I don't know it's so cool um and so she's just like a really cool like a really cool person and someone that I definitely like look up to um so yeah we have a really good relationship and like I love like her kids obviously and I love her husband so yeah. so you have how many half siblings I have three half siblings with her Yes, just um, my birth father's not married. Does he have any other kids? Um, not that I know of. Okay. And do you have a decent relationship with him? I do. Um, it's definitely a different relationship, but it has definitely gotten better in the last like year and a half. Yeah. Do you have a close enough relationship where you can say straight up, do you have any other kids? kids that you know about yeah so you've asked him that well I've never asked but I mean I just I just he doesn't have any other kids okay <laughs> all right I mean I'm not I'm not you know I don't these things work out among adoptees a lot of different <laughs> right, ways right. it gets very you know so what do you call the people who raised you what do you call them um they're my parents mom and dad oh okay um yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as far as, I mean, everybody else is concerned, like, those are my, my parents, and then um, my birth parents are my birth parents, and I call them by their first names and stuff, so. And do you get along with your mom and dad? Oh, um, yeah. That's amazing. Mm hmm Particularly, can I ask how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. Um, I just turned 17. Well, see, for a teenage girl, I guess, technically, young mm -hmm. woman, to get along with her mother in particular, <laughs> yeah. that just, like, blows me away. And right. That strikes me as atypical. I don't know if it is or not. Right. But, um, to what do you attribute that? Like, how is it that you all have a good relationship? Um, I mean, it's definitely, like, Everybody has their, their days, you know, when we definitely, like, don't get along. But for the most part, I just think that, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have, like, she gives me space when I need it. And um, she kind of, like, understands, I guess, like, different parts of me, I guess. So I guess it's just 
attributes to like the years spent like obviously growing up with her as my as my mom and just kind of like she's always been open with stuff that that she goes through or talks about or anything so it's just kind of like that same relationship is given back if that makes sense yeah but no like insecurity on her part about oh my god B's going to run away and go back to her birth mother or something right. like that not that i know of and i i genuinely don't think that she has to worry about that just because i mean it's i mean like i said as far as i'm concerned like she is my mother and my dad is my dad it might be different if I hadn't had the relationship that I have with my birth parents. Um, but I think because I was allowed to have those relationships and able to grow up knowing that I was adopted, it was never shied away from, it was never like covered up or anything, that I am, I guess, I don't know like the right word, but I don't, I don't have the hope, the wish, I guess, to to go live, to run away with my birth parents. So how old were you when you were physically separated from your birth mother to like how many days or weeks in were, were you sent to live in a different home? Right. So in Tennessee, I don't know if it's like this, but you have to be a citizen of that state for a month um, before you can adopt a child or something like that. Um, so my parents lived with her, with my mom's aunt for a month and in their house, um, after I was born. And so I went home with them from the hospital. I would have been, I mean, like two or three days old, I think at most. Um, and I lived, you know, with my parents, in, in my great aunt's house for a month. Um, and at some point during that time, there was like a, um, there was a ceremony and I don't remember what it was called. Um, but it was in a church and both birth families were there and extended family. Um, and apparently like the priest had like never done anything like that before. So it was like, apparently it was really cool. I've never seen like any pictures or videos or anything from it, but apparently my parents have some, um, so that was like when I was kind of officially like given over. That was more like ceremonial, I guess, than anything else. There was never any like, I, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, like two years old and like have have like barely any memories of like my birth mother and then like never see her again, you know. Right. Or no memory. Or no memory, right. Because memory is being developed. Right. Do you get any sense in your development, in your adolescence especially, of a um, any kind of residual, the word's trauma, but any kind of residual effect of not being raised by your biological mother in particular? By my mother? Like my biological mother? I don't, right. I don't think so. No. 
and I'm, I, I'm not trying to create trouble with her. Right, right. Anything. No, I'm, no, you're I'm not. Genuinely curious. Right. You're like you're like the unicorn. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so like I've just met a unicorn. Right. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the relationship that I was able to have with her from such a young age. Um, I mean, because like I said, it was never shied away from. Like I knew who she was. I knew like her sister, her brother, her parents. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any, like, residual anything, like, regarding regarding my biological mother and or and not being raised by her. I want to ask you about a word. Okay. Um, and I want to ask what sort of free associate, tell me, like, what your reaction or your concept of, because it's, it's, it's a very, in my world... Right. This is like the single most charged word. It's more charged than the word God. Um, family. I guess like the people you surround yourself with. So it's like by choice. Yeah. Like have a positive connotation with you, family. I think it definitely is a is a positive connotation. So throw out a bunch of adjectives. Could be anything. Family. I say family. Just throw out some words that. Um, comforting, home, love is another one. Um, I guess it's not really an adjective, but it's okay. Yeah, I think those are like the big three that were in my mind like immediately. I guess like diversity is kind of, can be another one. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, I mean, with with kind of choosing who your family is you're going to get a lot of different kinds of, of people, um, within that kind of circle of yours. Um, and between like my, my family, I guess my, like my, like parents, brothers, grandparents, blah, 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 like very, you know, white Christian conservative, um, that, but then the like friend circle, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lesbian, so there's that kind of within, like, the whole family of of all that. And then, um, you know, I have a girlfriend. She's a lesbian, too. Um, I had a best friend for a really long time. He was gay. Um, and then, yeah, so just kind of, like, the people that I choose to surround myself with and I consider family are kind of like me, I guess, but also in a different way, if that makes sense. Um, and definitely different from what I was used to growing up. So how much of who we are as individuals, our personalities or what we like or don't or what we're passionate about or not, um, how much of that do you think is written in the DNA? And how much do you think it's the product of how we're raised and what kind of environment we grow up in? How do you apportion those influences? Like, to what do you attribute who B is? I think just kind of, like, broadly who somebody is is determined by a lot of different things. And kind of like you said, like, the predetermined or how you were raised um, is just kind of like your experiences kind of shape who you are, the people that you, you've known shape who you are. Um, but I guess like predestined, probably like a very small, like amount. Um, 
I mean, like, I guess genetically for me, like, I have anxiety, depression, and ADHD. So those have definitely, I mean, at least to, like, a, some extent kind of shaped who I am just because how I grew up when I was younger. I was struggling with certain things that other kids weren't struggling with, and I was understanding. Um, and then there's a the whole thing with, like, started taking medication to manage those things better, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think probably like mm, 80 or 90% is environmental and that just kind of goes with like what I, what we, what I guess, what I just said, um, with the, how you grew up, um, you know, experiences, trauma, um, all that. And then the rest, I guess, is, um, like how you chose to be. But also, like, that gets kind of tricky because it's, like, if you choose to be something, like, personality-wise, I mean, after a while, it'll become who you are just kind of, like, naturally, I guess. Yeah, you're the, the church that you were had this ceremony, what mm-hmm. kind of a church was it? I don't know. I, th- I want to say it was Episcopal, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. I know that my parents, like, I grew up going to an Episcopal church, but I'm not sure what... Is congregation the right word? Yeah. It was. I mean, that congregationalist is a type of church. Is it? What kind of um, books and traditions did you operate out of growing up, and, and where are you now in terms of uh, spiritual tradition or religion? I guess growing up, it was very Christianity. I guess, like Christianity-based, um, I went to... That means, like, next to nothing to me. Like, no. what flavor? There's like what only flavor? Like, there's an entire rainbow out there. Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> here's here's a simple thing. Um, Jesus comes right now through the door oh. and sits right down. Um, what, what kind of person? Or we get in the time machine and we go back and we're just kind of hanging with him. What kind of... Like personality, like how would you? How, how would I react? No, how do you? How would you describe this person who just kind of pulled up a chair? Like, what are some of that? Like, what kind of what kind of guy? What kind of guy was he? I mean, I don't know. I guess because I'm trying to like like narrow myself where like where how I grew up, how I would have. Like viewed no, it and I'm, how I would have I'm asking now. B right now. Right now? Yeah. Like Oh gosh. I don't know. I guess like well recently like a lot of I'm not very like Christianity based anymore. Just kind of like not atheist, but like maybe exploring other religions. I don't really know like who like how I would <laughs> describe like Jesus if he was just like here. Um, what do you think he's like? Really, really serious or kind of funny or right. just, you think he's quiet? Do you think he's kind of loud? Do you think he like tells jokes? Right. Um, you think he's kind of naturally attractive? People are drawn <laughs> to him or do you think he's kind of, uh, uh fierce or, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh my God, that guy's, you know, I wouldn't. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mess with that guy. Right. You know, or do you think he's just like naturally warm and people want to get to know him or mm-hmm. 
I think it's probably close to like to that. Um, he's probably like I mean, in my mind, I guess like when I think about that, like it would make sense if he was kind of like a more like laid back person, I guess. Um, that makes the most like sense to me. Do you think there's a God? Y- yes. Now, what are some of the attributes of like, what does that mean when we say there's a God? Like, what are some of the attributes? Like, what does God do or not do? Or right. Whatever. Well, I mean, the biggest thing I think is that God, God, you know, in quotation marks, presents differently for different religions. Mm-hmm. And also some religions have multiple gods. So, I mean, I guess to kind of go back, I think that there are potentially multiple, multiple gods. Um, but I really think that it like, it hangs in like, what, what does that mean? Is like who, it, like it'll, it'll change based on what religion, who you're asking, I guess. What do you make of like masculinity? Like, when you hear the word man or men or whatever, like, what, what do you make of that? Like, where are we with masculinity as a concept? Um, I think it's definitely, like, evolved, I guess. Um, even in, like, the last few years, masculinity, um, but, but, you know, like, again, it, it means different things for, for different people. There's, like, you know... Well, good thing, bad thing in your experience... I guess kind of both. The thing is, like, one guy who, you know, hunts all the time, like, wears camo, um, like, major macho man has one definition of masculinity. And then... Do you know people like that? Yes. You, you, You sound like that's a bad thing. Those are probably, like, the more, like, negative connotations that I think about when somebody says masculinity. What's bad about hunting or wearing camo? Well, it's not necessarily that, but just the peep, the guys that I know that are like that mm-hmm. are usually like so drastically different from how I am. Well, let me just ask you this. How do they treat girls or women? Um, That's where the rubber meets the road. Right. It definitely depends. Um, the ones that I know kind of like questionably, especially like girlfriend wise, um, just like some of the things that like I've heard from friends who date them, it's just like, I don't understand how y'all are still with that man. And then from my perspective, um, kind of disrespect, not kind of disrespectful when it comes to things like sexuality, like some of the guys I, it's like fight for my life <laughs> with them, um, just to like, basically like respect me I guess um so that's like kind of like the negative part of that but then on the other other side you have a gender fluid individual who has a completely different definition of masculinity um maybe it's black painted nails or you know like the Percy Jackson books or like the color gray or whatever for whatever reason I don't know that might have been a bad example even men say women are better listeners so why do you think that is? I'm do you not think they're just better people? Uh, do you think it's because they've had to? 
Um, yeah, I definitely think that it's because they've had to, especially like growing, you know, like in this, I guess, in the society kind of that we live in right now, or not even right now, just now in general, they've had to become better listeners. And I mean, I guess also they're learning to be listened to, if that makes sense. They're learning to force people to hear them and hear what they have to say out of the necessity. Um, And then with men not being able to listen as well, that could be like a a bunch of different things. It could come from them not being aware that they're more self-centered. Maybe they're not. Maybe they are um, being used to being listened to and not knowing how to reciprocate that. Um, yeah. You think men are more self-centered or is, you think that's like a cultural thing? I mean, when you say self-centered, I mean, there's clearly some women who are... Right, right. I'm not saying that like um, men... It it just manifests in a different way. Like how does it manifest? Right. Right. And obviously like it could, like I'm not saying it does, but it could for some, for some guys. Yeah. So what would you say is a positive value of masculinity? The first one that comes to mind is like like protectiveness, I guess, of those closest to you. How about the weak? The yes. Like a baby. Right. But also like that could be a feminine trait, especially with like younger fierce mother. Right. Right. But also that's like very like womanhood. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh conversely, like we know the bad masculine values, right? <laughs> be a bully instead of a protector, be a bully, beat up on people who are weaker than you. Right. Or belittle them. All right. What's a positive feminine value? Like what what are the highest traditional feminine values that that men could very much learn from? I definitely think like being driven um is a big one. I thought of that as masculine. Well, I mean I guess it depends. Just I guess for me, like what do you mean by driven? I guess I'm taking it by a driven. Way. I mean, you may not be, but just because traditionally women have to it's it's harder for them to achieve um what men what men can i don't know taylor swift wrote the man right about the song and it's like like exactly you like that song oh yes i love taylor swift yeah my daughter does oh yeah yeah my youngest huge huge fan Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah you know you see it like everywhere it's women like a woman maybe doing the same thing that a man is doing, but the man is so is much better off than the woman is better off, you know, like used loosely, but um, like that's never like that doesn't stop a woman from doing what she wants to do. Doesn't stop her from pursuing that. Um, so I definitely think that being driven is at least in my mind, a feminine, uh, yeah, a feminine, trait in what way could a traditional feminine trait be a liability name a traditional traditional feminine feminine trait trait. that if out of balance 
could be a liability? I'm trying to think of like a traditional, well, <laughs> traditional feminine trait. Let me just ask you about one. Okay. Do you speak up for yourself? Do I? Mm-hmm. Mm, it depends. Are there ever occasions where you say, I wish I had said blank? Like, I wish I did not censor myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of men who they speak first yeah. and think later. Right. And there are plenty of women who think so much that they never speak. Right. And that's a case where if your gut is telling you to speak, speak. <laughs> right. Loud. Mm-hmm. Do you pray? Um, I do not. Um, you, do you ever, like, have you seen anything, a bird or a deer or the stars or the ocean? Have you seen anything that you just went, wow? Yeah. Like what? What's the kind? Do you mean like in a sense of spirituality or just like in, in general? Um, like standing at the Grand Canyon or... Right. Looking at um, stars on a completely clear night. Right. Or, so that's actually like what I was um, a few summers ago. Um, I was up in northern Maine with a good friend of mine. And one night we laid out on the dock. Um, and I love stars. Like I love the night. And there were so many stars. And I've never seen shooting stars. And I saw like five that night. And you could see the satellites, like some satellites like going around. That was just the coolest thing. Um, so that's definitely like a core memory for me, I think, was just seeing like the shooting stars and there were so many stars, like, because here, you know, like the lights from the city and everything, like you can't see that many. Um, but there, there was like no close city that was bright enough. Um, so there were just stars everywhere and shooting stars. And it was like, I was blown away that like you could see the, the satellites. That was really cool. Yeah. So there's this sense of awe. Right. right. Yeah, I think that's a prayer. So kind of full circle, do you think your mother, birth mother, does she have any um, sort of lingering sense of sadness or, or, I don't know, regret or anything about n not being able to capable at that stage in life as a teenager, to to raise you? Have you had those kinds of conversations with her? Right. Um, no. And in fact, it's kind of been the opposite. She, her dad was an alcoholic. Um, and like the home, like her home life, like it just was not, it was not reasonable at all um, for her to be able to raise me. But my birth I guess kind of kick-started her dad actually to be to become sober um so his like sober anniversary I guess and my like my age I guess like very they're like they're the same um so like that's kind of been and do you know that guy yes his, yes I love him I love him I mean from what I've heard like he's a lot different than what he was, I guess, when he wasn't. Um, but 
Yeah, I guess I've never really, like, I've never asked, like, do you ever, I feel like that, like, wouldn't be a good thing to ask, though, so. How did your mom and dad and your mother and father um, react to you saying, um, I'm drawn to women uh, or girls instead of boys? What was their, how did they take that? Very well. I never really, like, kind of came out, I guess. Um, One day I just kind of, like, bought a lesbian flag and put it up in my room. Um, I think my dad knew because um, I was, I identified, I guess, as bisexual for um, a while. Um, And I I had, like, two and a half boyfriends. Um, And my last one, he's, he's gay, too and like we both knew like I knew I was a lesbian he knew he was gay but like we just didn't like that was kind of like the last straw I guess um so by the end of that relationship like my dad my dad knew my mom was like apparently blindsided like she didn't she didn't know I guess but then my birth mother my birth father they just kind of knew because like I was posting stuff on social media about um like different like visibility visibility days and pride month and stuff so they just kind of figured it out so I never really like came out they just kind of like figured it out I guess so nobody in either family ever said oh why don't you give it another try right (laughs) or or let's go back and reconsider (laughs) right well I mean not on the birth families but in my my family's um some of the grandparents and have been they've been great for the most part but and even like sometimes like my parents will say stuff that's kind of like like I don't know that's a lot of the time like a big point that they try to make is like like you don't like not everybody has to know you're a lesbian like it's not like blah 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 like you don't have to flaunt it whatever and it's just like that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Kind of like the use of the word flaunt, like don't flaunt your sexuality, blah blah blah. Like it's not. Oh, honey, you need to meet my daughter's roommate. <laughs> <laughs> She's like so busy, you know. She is like there is just no question. You know, with like three seconds of meeting really? her, it's like that is her identity, you know. Right, and she's right. Just like you know, uh, she's yeah. a hoot. I adore her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adore her. So like. And, like, I'm really proud, I guess, of myself and of my sexuality. And so, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to flaunt it, but I'm also definitely not going to hide it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely, like, times, I guess, where I'm more open about it than others. But for the most part, like, you know, I'm going to live my life and people are going to know that I'm a lesbian. Yeah. If we got struck by lightning today... Mm-hmm. And the only thing that survived was this piece of digital audio. What is your legacy? Oh, Lord. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I have. Well, who would speak at the memorial? Oh, a lot of people, I think. Would your girlfriend speak oh, at the memorial? Yes. Okay. I think so. And, and what do you think she would say? I don't know. I mean, we've, I've known her for like three like I think it's been like three years like tomorrow which is crazy um but we have a lot of similar interests what would she say that be meant to her 
What did B do for her life? What impact? I don't know. I think that I helped, I've helped her. We've helped each other kind of discover like who we are, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'm her first relationship. So I hope that I would, I have been able to um, kind of show her a love that she's never felt before, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. That is no small thing. (laughs) Well. What would your mom and dad say? I don't know. Probably the like. Like if they had not adopted you as opposed to having adopted you, how, what impact did you have on them individually and together? I think I've caused them to learn a lot about themselves and other things that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, regarding sexuality, um, like social, um, like awareness, I guess. Um, have they ever had kids before you? No. So I'm their first, um, my, they couldn't have kids. Well, as a parent, let me just say that, you know, for my adopted parents and also for me as a parent, you have a kind of love that you didn't know you were capable of. But do not underestimate just how much love. I mean, it's just boundless. It's like that night sky that you saw. Right. Yeah. Now, for your biological mother and father, what would you say she said would say your legacy was? I think she learned about a lot about herself and the people around her um, as a, in response, I guess, to me being born. That would probably like be the biggest one is she's learned a lot about herself um, as a result, I guess. I so honor and respect everything that you've done, all the work you've done. Um, Thank you. Because, I mean... ADHD, anxiety, depression, you know, uh, embracing your sexuality and sexual orientation, um, being a feminist. Yeah. No easy thing in a lot of environments nowadays. We think everybody's woke, but they're not. Yeah. Um, So I super admire you, and I I really value your time. I appreciate you playing along. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for for talking with me. I've had fun. Oh, good. (laughs) Thanks, B. Yeah, thank you. I am so grateful to B for taking time. I don't think that was exactly easy. And, you know, Brian and Liz down at the Queen City Podcast Network, I think they were little bit protective I I think they were like what are you gonna do are you gonna make her cry are you gonna be mean to her like come on I've had daughters give me a break I'm not a meanie Um, she is so smart and she also we didn't even get into her really unique kind of high school program that allows her to work and volunteer at the Queen City Podcast Network and I'm so grateful to them uh, for getting in touch with her and for her time. Thanks, B. Man Listening is a production of Unmediated LLC in cooperation with the Queen City Podcast Network and Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative and Rachel Clapp Miller are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. 
Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. Please go to our Patreon page. You'll find us at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening, one word, no spaces. We hope you'll join us by becoming a member. A small investment can raise up the conversation. If you want exclusive member merch, like a t-shirt, we can arrange that too. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported uh, Man Listening from the very beginning. We're getting ready to make a big announcement, a big sort of pivot, which is all to the good. And I appreciate you guys for keeping on, keep it on as we enter our third year. Thanks so much. Don't forget to support us at Patreon. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks.